it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, yes. Welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show. November 29th. 2021 from the home loan expert.com studios. I am Timothy Michael McKernan sitting across from action. Jackson, Virgin Pringle sauce boss, Jackson Burkett. What's the good word, Jackson? Tell me what it is. I need to know what it is. Oh, the good word is, uh, Hey, it's just, it's a good time of the year, man. It's coming off Thanksgiving. Happy Hanukkah to you and yours. Oh, thank you. Hog some ka. Now, what does that mean? What just happened there? Happy festival. Is that what that means? Yeah. It's like happy holiday. And if you wanted to say like happy Hanukkah festival, you say Chag Hanukkah Semcha. And so, yeah. Is that Hebrew? Mm-hmm. Nice. L'chaim. To life. And so that's, yeah. It was celebrated the first Look, we're night. educating people. Yeah, we like to do a little bit of that. But uh, I love the Hanukkah, Thanksgiving, Christmas season. It's uh, good to be with the family. And uh, it's nice. I enjoy it. I, I, I kind of like the, the Christmas fair, whether it be like a... Uh, Christmas movies or uh, just the general vibe of the holidays. I'm a big fan. From about, I don't know, the mid-90s, maybe around 2000-ish to 2016, I did not like Christmas, Mm. relatively speaking. And I will explain to you why, because I have a feeling some of this is going to resonate for our Jackson age, 23, to married couples or couples who are not married but no children. For me, now for the first five years of the century, I was anchoring on KMOV on Christmas Eve and Christmas, which was brutal. But that was the job. I mean, it wasn't going to be Savard and it wasn't going to be Doug. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one thing. And... Then what winds up happening, assuming your significant other uh, family lives in St. Louis, Mm -hmm. the area, what Christmas Eve and Christmas and potentially some days around it become are your, I associated it with getting to a place, you know, my family lives in the city. uh, And so I'm usually driving from wherever, not nearby uh, to get to my parents' house or wherever we're going for Christmas, Eve, Christmas. And so you're like spending an hour at one place, driving a half hour oh, to 45 okay. minutes and then running to another place. And it's just, you can't, you never get comfortable. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm just like, this sucks. Not yeah. only is it just like, eh, I really don't like it. And, um, it's nobody's fault. Nobody's doing anything wrong. It's just the way that it is. And then my son comes along and now I enjoy Christmas mm. because it's about, the kids, you know, yeah. that's what it's about. I mean, yeah. for me, that's what it's about. For other people, it's however they want to take it. But for me, that's what it's about. So I look forward to it. He's now old enough to love certain things and be into it. And now 
I look forward to it. It's like, okay, we got to drive places, whatever. He's going to be having fun and that's what I care about. And yeah. that's, that's it. But you know, I don't want people, I, it's, we just had our 10th wedding anniversary. It's why we haven't had a QFTA for a couple of weeks. I was on vacation. Um, and I said to Anna, she goes, I can't believe I'm not going to get you anything for our anniversary. I said, don't, that's what your gift is, is not taking the money that I bring in. To be honest, it's like Kirby enthusiasm episode where, yeah. uh, what was it? Who was it? Was it Paul? No, it wasn't Paul Reiser. It was, they were in a fight with Paul Reiser. Cause he wouldn't, he kept not paying for uh, <laughs> yeah, the dinner. And, and then they wouldn't thank his wife, <laughs> right? even though it was Paul's money. It wasn't Paul Reiser though. It was another couple, but they were at war with the risers. Yeah. But either way, aren't you going to thank me, Larry? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's the one who makes it. Yeah. No, it's very whatever. True. Hey, listen, uh, I mean, we got to call it how it is. I mean, I am, I am physically repulsive standing next to my wife. It is the situation, uh -huh. but I am also the one responsible for the home's income. And therefore for her to take m the money that I bring in to get me something that I may or may not like, because yeah. I know what I like, mm -hmm. uh, is, is pointless. Yeah. I don't need that. I also don't need somebody like my parents. I would rather spend the money on yourself. That would be a gift to me. You spend the money yourself or donate it to a charity, whatever. I would rather you do that than like spend whatever on me. I don't want it. I don't want it at this point. I'm yeah. going to buy what I want. The, you know, it comes a point in your life. I think what happens is, and I could be wrong on this, is that because I might be doing this in like 25 years, parents still either see you as babies or just want to hold on to that mm -hmm. and then still want to have that thing that just, it's gone. Yeah. And that is the Christmas morning where the kids are all excited. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, it's not where I am. Mm -hmm. And in 25 years, I can't, it'd be weird if Jameson was. Mm -hmm. So I, I want him to enjoy. I want the kids to enjoy it. Yeah. That, but I love that. That's what I love. Yeah. That's what I love. Yep. It's a, it's a, it's a good point, you know, and it's, it, it changes throughout your life. Every, you know, when you're a kid, you love it and then you probably fall out of love with it. And then you have kids and you start to love it again. No, so, that's where I am. It's so the faces. I, I truly love Now I always enjoy Thanksgiving. Oh, such a great holiday. No religion, no gifts, no pressure. Nope. The best. And, and it's just like a, a, a day of just, you have nothing, like nothing's going on outside of hanging out with your family. Like, the best. Yeah. And then you know you're off the next, usually you're off. The next day. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. It's a real nice Saturday. Oh, it's real nice. Now, yeah. the Christmas thing, and I don't think this was going on as much as it is 10 years later. 10 years ago, I think most people worked in between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people still do. And some of you who do are listening to this and going, fuck off. <laughs> but Christmas is on Saturday this year. Yeah. And uh, New Year's Day is on Saturday. They're always the same day. And my guess is a hell of a lot less people are working in 2021 in that week in between than they were in 2001 or 2011. It's just the way that it's gone. And I've noticed that because I was one of the people who was working in that time. And now I'm one of the people who we take off. TMA will be off. Yeah. Um, and I love that week. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's like a, like winter break in college or high school. And it's family and friends and people are relaxed and happy because they don't have outside pressure because everybody has shut it down. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the thing I said, like with Thanksgiving is everyone's shut it down. Right. So you have nothing, there's nothing you can, like you could turn your phone off from the hours yeah. of, of 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. and no one 
we'll contact you with anything that would be of, you know, way you, you have to do something. Like it's just pure 12 hours more of just hanging out with friends and family and enjoying each other's company without outside pressures. Yeah. It's great. It's the best. It's, it's the best. So, uh, I am looking forward to it. Um, we will uh, we'll continue to do pick six, which is, uh, of course, a runaway hit with people picking. Iggy's, what, 36% against the spread? Yeah, he's had a, he's had a rough go of it of these uh, last couple of weeks, <laughs> and he really went for a Hail Mary this previous week, and uh, it was picked off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, sharp money was on Michigan, <laughs> and I went sharp. Yeah. Even though I didn't feel, I didn't like making the pick. It didn't feel good making the pick, but yeah. I'm just like, I'm getting eight points, and it's Michigan at home, and everybody and their brother's going to be on Ohio State. Somehow Michigan's going to cover. And it's kind of like, I think they might actually be able to win. So I parlayed it with Georgia Georgia Tech under, the producer Joe play from pick six. Mm-hmm. And I hit, and then I began going on a heater, Jackson. Yeah, I began going on a heater. Mm-hmm. I was all over. I could, Kentucky was getting three and a half points at Louisville. Yeah, That was really bizarre to me. That was super weird. They the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State over shipped that within, I think, maybe the first half. Yeah, it was close yeah. to covering. So, um, it was a good sports weekend. It really, oh, it was God. Really good the college weekend. football week. I just, I love college football. Yeah. You know what? I, I was watching Michigan, Ohio State, and I grant Michigan, Ohio State's up there with Auburn, Alabama. For sure. Um, I don't know what else would be. I know on the West Coast, they would say UCLA, USC, but the, the issue with that is they, both of them being like in the mix. Like, yeah. when is the last time that's happened? Uh huh. Um, I know it hasn't been common with Michigan, Ohio State as of late. Auburn, Alabama, it's like it's constant. One of them's in the mix of the national championship. So a um, couple of things on that. First off, I was thinking, God, Missouri can have this. I really believe that. Yeah. But I feel like I'm kind of this voice, not a voice in the wilderness, but I feel like I'm in the minority when I say that. And I have aspirations for greater things than, you know, an eight, you win eight wins around here. Okay, but I mean, I I just think it can be better than that. I really do. I think we've seen it. And so I see that atmosphere in Ann Arbor, or you see that atmosphere at Auburn. You see that atmosphere in Stillwater. And granted, those are rivalry games, and in each one of those games, all of the teams, minus Auburn, had something uh, in the back of their minds, like we could still win the national championship. Yep. Um, And Auburn's playing to beat their, you know, blood yeah. rival. Yep. And in the last, since 2010, how many times have we had anything comparable to that at Fro Field? I would tell you three. See if you can name the three. The Texas A&M yeah. uh, Mizzou game. That, I, that was out 2012? Texas A&M 2014. 20, 20, 2013. 2013, yeah, yeah. Uh, Arkansas 2014. Arkansas, both to win the SEC East. Arkansas, and then Oklahoma in 11? 2010. 2010, yeah. John McGaffey. Yeah. Those Some might include Missouri, Georgia, open up the SEC schedule in 2012 yeah. um, when we were playing the first uh, we, see, there I am, <laughs> uh, playing the first SEC game. And I just like, it can, it can happen. It yeah. can happen. And so I think I get frustrated with, well, I mean, they went to the bowl. I'm just like, it can be yep. Central Michigan, SEMO, North Texas, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, and Florida. And I realize Florida's a brand. But they finished but second to they're, last. They're, the they're, they're, thank goodness for Vanderbilt, because otherwise <laughs> yeah. they would have been the worst team in the SEC. Them or Missouri. Yeah. And I just, I like this isn't. No, it's it's nothing to. And how the target moves. And I know I have a, a Drinkwitz question in here, um, because that it's it's not Drinkwitz that himself that gets me going. It's the 
perception. It's just the weirdness about like making an observation that that's somewhat critical or not committing to being a full believer. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I'm the agnostic in the room with the evangelicals and it's like, fuck you for not believing. And I'm like, no, you guys can believe doesn't affect me. Yeah. But I haven't, I'm seeing the same thing you're seeing and you're just believing and I don't doesn't make me wrong and you right or me right and you wrong. It just, you know, it's the case. I've seen 22 games. Yep. What's been the best one? I asked Raby today on the radio, and his answer was, the, to me, the right answer for 2021. Second half. The second Kentucky. half against Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. But, again, was just totally shouldered by Tyler Beatty. Like, it, it, but the defense did adjust how yeah. bad they were in the first half. Yep, yep they did. But otherwise, like, who? what's Eli Drinkwood's best win? Arkansas. Arkansas. As far as a, a team's record in the SEC, it's Arkansas. Which they were 8-4 in 2020. It was a terrible defensive performance. 50-48, to 48, the final score. Yeah. So, I just... I, listen, I'm not saying he, I, I don't want him fired no. for it, it, two years. I want him to have a full shot. I don't, I don't want him fired ever because that means things are going really well. Yeah. But for whatever reason, this thing with talking about Eli Drinkwitz, it reminds, I swear to you, it reminds me of Sam Bradford. I'm dead serious. It's like the, to me, it's kind of, it's, it's a flashback for me because I was doing the show when that was going on. And I think it's the same thing. I think for Missouri fans, it's the same thing as Rams fans. Oh my God, what if this guy isn't who we thought he was? What does that mean? That's what I think it is. Raby asked, is it because people are scared he's going to leave? And I'm like, I don't think anybody's thinking that. No, I don't know who's offering. Not, there's no better job that's going to offer him right. at the moment. And probably not for another year or two if he has a good year. Or two. If he wins eight, year, eight games next year with that schedule, he'll be in the mix for jobs. Sure. And I'll be thrilled if they win eight games next year with that schedule. So, yeah. Yeah. For the record, for those of you who have not memorized Missouri's schedule, the first, uh, what, six games include at Kansas State, at Auburn, at home against Georgia, at Florida. I mean, if they're three and three yeah. through six, it's an accomplishment. Yep. It really is. Because that means you will have won a game where you were an underdog. I feel like in the SEC, there's that race to the 25th rank that either that one of the SEC team gets. Either Mizzou gets it. Kentucky gets it, Arkansas gets it, and yet you go like eight and four, and you get that twenty-five rank, and and then you go into the next season with with a a, a load of confidence. Mizzou got it a couple of years ago. Uh, you just end the season like eight and four, and they always give that twenty-fifth spot to an SEC team. Yeah, like Arkansas is currently uh, yeah. at least Arkansas was twenty-five going into the Missouri game. And it's past, happened right? a bunch in years prior. Mizzou has gotten it before too, and I just feel like it. it that is like the barometer, or at least around here for the most people of a good season is if you can finish the year that in that 25th spot when I think it should be, we should finish it in Atlanta. I mean, that's, I think that's realistic. I guess that's what I'm trying to drive home. And it's not a vision. This happened twice in the last 14 years, one in the big 12 in San Antonio. Well, they weren't the championship game in 2008 at Arrowhead, but they weren't half the team they were in 2007. Mm -mm. And they went to the championship game twice in Atlanta. So, and in both seven and 13, they were in the, in the mix to win. Uh, much more so in 13 than in 07. But point being, um, I, it's it's a, it's an odd it's an odd thing to me. And and I think if you ask the casual fan about Missouri football, they fucking suck. It's it's the hardcores who I'm actually talking about here. Where there's because the, the casual fans probably not even paying attention. Was the mm -hmm. casual fan watching Missouri Arkansas on Friday afternoon? No, no, on a holiday? 
Hell no. In a game that boring where it was that clear that they had no chance to move the football through the air? No. So that's where I'm coming from with it. That's the part that fascinates me. Not the not the the team itself. The the strange thing surrounding Eli Drinkwitz with a portion of the Missouri fan base. Steve Wilkes was, you know, persona non grata for the first six weeks of the season. Now, if anything, it's like, well, Wilkes turned it around. But if if there was an offensive coordinator, and there isn't, it's Drinkwitz, yeah, drink. who was responsible for what we've seen the last however many weeks, uh, people would be going absolutely batshit. Yeah. But since it's Drinkwitz, it's kind of like, well, we can't criticize. You know, well, I still believe. What, do you want to fire him? I'm like, no, I don't. That's not <laughs> what I'm saying. Why do we have to go there? No. I think we have to go, okay, well, how did they score points this year? There's one name. Well, there's two. Mevis and Beatty. Yep. Okay. Well, Beatty was one of the greatest running backs in the history of the program. He's gone. Yep. You saw the quarterback situation. God. Yes, I realize Luther Burden's coming in, but if you don't have an offensive line and you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter no. unless he's going to go Debo Samuel and run yeah, end arounds. Just I, end arounds all day. I, so, you know, there are problems here. Yeah. And it, 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 to me, so much of it stems offensively. And that's Drinkwitz. Like, the defense turned it around both in the Kentucky game and towards the back end of the season. Drinkwitz has never in his two years shown any offensive creativity or just general consistency with passing. And that might be on Basilek, but then it also falls back on Drinkwitz because he keeps going back to Basilek. Well, I, th- I would disagree. I thought he showed creativity last year offensively, and I think Basilek was a different guy. But then you sit there and you go, why was he trotting him out there this year? Is it that bad with Cook and Macon? Or is it, I mean, there's just, I feel like there has to be something we don't know. And I'll give him the benefit of that. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. No matter what, I don't want this to become Knoxville, Tennessee, where you have a revolving door no. of coaches. I do not want that. My observation is this, like when I tried to keep it simple regarding the St. Louis and Rams NFL lawsuit. I want them to get an expansion team. I don't think they're going to get an expansion team. These are all easy things to remember. I want there to be trial. I don't think there's going to be a trial. I want them to get billions of dollars in a settlement. I don't think they're going to get it. I was told, keep an eye on 300 to 600 million. So missed it by 190. Um, so with all of that said, I want to make this clear. I want Eli Drinkwitz to succeed. I want him to be better than Gary Pinkle's time in Columbia, Missouri. I want him to be here for as long as Gary Pinkle was in Columbia, Missouri. But through 22 games of watching the product on the field, there's no reason at this moment to think that that's going to happen. But guess what? Take a look at Gary Pinkle's first two years. It's not like those were inspiring either. When did it get going? Year three when they beat Nebraska. But even after that, they still regressed. So I want to try to make sure that I... The message is this. It's okay to criticize Eli Drinkwitz. It's okay. It yeah. doesn't mean you want him fired. Mm-mm. It's okay. But that's the, that's, the, that's the weird thing. There is, a, there is a place between criticizing and wanting him fired. And I don't, I don't know how many people are sitting there saying they want him fired. You know, but it's this odd thing where there's pushback. Or that you go, well, you don't think the program is moving in the right direction? No, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't I mean, I, re, I realize the recruiting rankings are good, but I, all I can do is see what I see on the field and he's responsible for the offense. And I can't tell you what the hell's going on with the quarterback. Yeah. And there's this whole thing. Well, they're not his players. Okay. Well, who, who's Lane Kiffin winning with? Yeah. Who's Sam Pittman winning with? You know, these guys inherited yeah. <laughs> dumpster fires and you got, and, and it's just like we're just creative with the excuses and moving the goalposts. Yeah. And I listen, like I said, if you want to believe, believe. That's cool, but don't get mad at me for not believing Mm. or saying I'm willing to believe. See, I'm not an atheist. I'm agnostic. I'm willing to believe, 
but I just haven't seen anything yet. And if you've seen it, maybe you're ahead of the curve. But the the religious element of the debate and getting mad at people reminds me of the Sam Bradford thing. Mm. And I know you weren't on the radio for that. Hell, you were, what, 12 years old when he was drafted. But that was a weird thing. That was a weird thing. I It's the only thing in my career that I, I guess in 2004, there was like this weird thing amongst St. Louis media on whether or not the Rams were good. And it's like they weren't. But people affiliated with the team were like sniping people who were critical of the team. That's how batshit things got after Adam Vinatieri kicked a field goal in New Orleans. <laughs> it got to that point yeah. that you were either with us or you against us. That's where Martz went. And so you had to like, this is a good team. Well, they went eight and eight and they did go to the playoffs and they did win in Seattle before Seattle was what Seattle's become. Yeah. And uh, then they got absolutely slaughtered by Michael Vilk in the Falcons in the Georgia Dome. I was at the game. Uh, it was not even remotely competitive. So that was a kind of a debate. The current debate is, I don't even know if this is a debate. I'm just like, how am I the only one that's talking about this? <laughs> but then again, I don't listen to anything else, so maybe other people are talking about it. Um, anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, QFTA and all that we have going on here. First off, it's Cyber Monday. So for those of you who are listening, you can go online right now and purchase at InsideSTLShop.com Jackson's new wares. And you have some wonderful new wares. TMA merch. Oh, yeah. The stocking cap. I'm really, I'm really, I'm, I'm looking forward to rocking that bean. I think I would wear that. It's a sweet, it's a perfect color. It's got the nice TMA logo, and I like a stocking cap. I like it. I think I would wear it. And I'm very careful with uh, wearing TMA stuff because I oh, feel like it's kind it. of a dig me thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just hot in here. That's why I'm taking my, <laughs> what do you think I was starting to strip? Yeah, I was like, I'll start throwing some cash. <laughs> uh, I'm wearing the Run TMA t-shirt, actually. Yeah. That's out there. There's also a Run TMA hoodie. And then the It's 707 in St. Louis hooded sweatshirt, plus all of the previous merch. The new merch, 15% off with the code CYBER. And the old merch, um, which isn't even that old, but just oh. previous release this year, is 20% off here today on Cyber Monday. Uh, November 29th. If you're interested in Sound Story, uh, if you're interested in Sound Story, you can get 20% off today by typing in TMA. The code uh, is TMA at mysoundstory.com. That is mysoundstory.com. Get an interview with me, Doug Vaughn, Chris Raby. Sound Story. We're doing them in person Monday through Thursday here in the studios in KFNS in Kirkwood. MySoundStory.com, normally $500 today, $400. You get a gift certificate, you knock out your holiday shopping, and you will have your mother, your father, your grandmother, your grandfather, their voice and their story recorded forever. And that is the absolute best part about it. The feeling of gratitude, I think, that people express after it's done, but also I, I, I hesitate to use this word, but I'm going to because it's just the truth. Relief. Mm-hmm. The relief that people know that they now have their loved one's voice and story forever. Yeah, I hear what you're saying there. That is, that, and and a couple of times I've gotten emails where people say, you know, I lost my mom or I lost my dad. I wanted to do it and we never got it done. I just, or had one about a month ago where somebody said, hey, I just want to let you know my grandfather died, you know, and it's sometimes I just listen to the interview and that's just my way of, I hear his voice and I hear his story and that's how I, keep him alive. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, I re I recognize it might come off as morbid. It's not intended to, but the truth is that, uh, so much of social media is fear of missing out. 
FOMO. Uh, and I think sound story is about making sure that you don't have regrets, fear of regrets, and that you get your family's story down. And the thing that I like, but we've only done a handful of these, Jackson, is when people um, come in and talk about their childhood mm -hmm. with their brothers and sisters um, for their parents or their grandparents and express the things that normally, unfortunately, are reserved for a eulogy. Yeah. Uh, so that is something that me and my brothers and sister gave my parents in 2019. We do that as well. It's mysoundstory.com and right now 20% off. Any questions you might have, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. You can go ahead and buy it at mysoundstory.com. And again, InsideSTLshop.com for all your TMA merch. The TMA fan in your life, you can get it. Plus, Jackson, it's so fashionable. So stylish. So stylish. So stylish. I see people, where they go, hey, man, that's a nice shirt. Where'd you get that? I go, well, you can get I designed it, ho. Well, yeah, let me show you where I let me show you where I got it one time. I designed know. it, ho. Yeah, they're just like, wow, it fits great, looks good. It is. It Damn is right, stuff. next level t-shirts. That's what the t-shirts, next level. Great, At, great material. STL style. That's uh, where it all is. All right, so with that all said, uh, the home loan expert, Ryan Kelly, is the sponsor of our studios here on the Tim McKernan Show. If you are in the market to buy a home, if you're in the market to refinance, go to thehomeloanexpert.com. Uh, as we are sitting here, I just got homes are starting to get listed, and that's going to be crazy here in the next, uh, once January rolls around, then it just gets wild. Um, but I uh, just got one sent to me right here. We're looking, Jackson. We're looking. Uh, go to thehomeloanexpert.com. Make sure you get pre-approved because with the home buying market as competitive as it is, that is like having cash in a suitcase. And if you want to refinance, you can do so by going to thehomeloanexpert.com and save all kinds of money. I have done it with him, Ryan Kelly, and it is so easy. I recommend it to you wholeheartedly, thehomeloanexpert.com. Once you get your home bought, make sure you get it insured with James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. James Carlton, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.com. Net. James Carlton is my insurance agent, so it's very easy to recommend him. You can get insurance anywhere. Ask yourself if, what is my provider doing for me? Do I have to hit prompts? Do I have to deal with chatbots? Am I put on hold? Is it always a different person? Are they local? Are they proactive in the community? The James Carlton State Farm team is comprised of individuals who are right here in your neighborhood. They have over 50 years of experience in the business and have a non-threatening customer-first approach that stands out. Google or Facebook them to see what others are saying. Give the James Carlton State Farm team a call at 314-961-4800 or go online to carltoninsurance.net to see how their approach is changing the way insurance is done in 2021. And finally, our automotive sponsor is Munganess, stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com. That's Munganess, stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com. And I'm telling you, and I'm telling you is what I'm telling you. Uh, I cannot recommend them enough. That is why I am a very happy Munganest customer. Got a car from them. I've got a couple of cars from them, actually, and will continue to do so. Can't recommend them enough. StLouisAcura.com, AltonToyota.com. Uh, it's Munganest. StLouisAcura.com, AltonToyota.com. All right, Jackson. Let's go into it. Let's do it. Let's 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 see if we can really figure this out. Looking I mean, we haven't done one of these in three weeks, and uh, I'm going to go right into it. Here it is. You knew it was waiting. I went into it on the radio show. I'll go into it uh, more here on the podcast. Sweet. I know you'll be asked 
Thoughts? By a million lemmings, so I'll try and ask a different question. Any stories you can now share that the St. Louis slash NFL saga is over? Or is the juice not worth the squeeze? That's from the Hunchback of Vaughn Castle. Um, I, I got to be direct right out of the gate. As I said uh, today, keep it simple, stupid. It was uh, something we were taught at the University of Missouri Journalism School, so therefore the message gets out clear and concisely. Um, I've told every story I have about the NFL situation, knowing that um, inevitably it gets back to people, but it's the truth, so I don't really worry about it outside of you know potential retribution. But um, it'd be retribution for telling the truth. Um, and it wasn't like telling, you know, things that would, just, these were the business things of it. I get the Rams moving to LA. I get it. I get it. I get the NFL wanting the Rams to move to LA. It's a perfect situation for me. You have a guy who could privately finance building a stadium in Los Angeles with a team that has heritage in Los Angeles. I get it. I totally get it. I don't like it. Uh, I get fans being upset with the result of the St. Louis NFL Cronky litigation. Why? Because over the last couple of months, you had people who may or may not have known what was really going on saying it's going to be billions of dollars and or an expansion team. So when you only, and I'm doing air quotes, Jackson, you're going to have to vouch for me. Can you see the he air is. quotes? He's I, doing air quotes. The tiniest of little pincers. Yeah, so the you pincers can barely, are moving. You can barely see them. <laughs> uh, they can barely, there's no muscle fiber at this point. <laughs> they're, just straight, they're just straight pincer bone. <laughs> pincer bone. <laughs> that, uh, that that would be disappointing. Although I will ask you this, and you have to be honest, and there's no way for me to know, but a year ago, if somebody would have told you on November 24th or whatever the hell it was, St. Louis is going to settle with Stan Kroenke and he's going to have to pay, he and the NFL will have to combine to pay $790 million to the region. Would people have been excited? The answer is yes, a hundred it's a hundred percent. But I get how over the last three months, the goalposts moved. I get it. I, I, I totally understand. But they took the 790 because a, you don't automatically win a trial. I wanted to see a trial, but I go, went into this thing going, I don't think they're going to an expansion team, but I want one. I don't think there's going to be a trial, but I want one. Um, and then even if you win the trial, which is not a guarantee, nope. inevitably it goes through years of appeals. Exactly. So to get handed $790 million when some, some people who I would describe, I don't even know how to describe they they were right all along on this thing. <laughs> Said this is at best. It was submitted more or less a thirty million dollar case. That's essentially what it was. And then, as attorneys call it, what do they call them, Jackson? They call them punies, mm, punitives. Yeah, punitives. Then you can ten exit. So three hundred million. There is essentially what you got. St. Louis got seven hundred ninety million dollars. Stan Kroenke is now seen throughout the NFL for what he is, which is somebody who, even if he signs a document, you can't count on him. Um, he is now $7 billion and $7 billion in to his move to Los Angeles. $7 billion in. Yeah. His team is all in, as their, their own words, their own mistaken <laughs> gif with uh, Teddy KGB, who's about to lose his entire stack to Matt Damon and Rounders. Uh, they're all in. They are all in. Yep. But they're spiraling because he wants to 
distract, I think, in part from what he's got going on and what he had going on here to try to get his team to the Super Bowl in his building. Be the perfect story. Well, after this year, what do you got? You got pro- you have no draft picks. Nothing. Yeah, Nothing. They're fucked. I if mean, they don't win is... this year. They're and it's not like Matt Stafford's getting younger too. So. Well, Matt Stafford's already imploding. I don't know if it's a health thing or what the hell's going on. But either way, okay, you've got a situation, and it's not like Stan's fifty, oh. you know. So this is a whole situation. So I I wanted to see Stan Kroenke and Kevin Demoff and Roger Goodell and Jerry Jones walking through the streets of St. Louis in route to the courtroom. I wanted to see that. I wanted to see a football team here. Mm-hmm. But I, if you go, Tim, what would, would, you, would you bet that's going to happen? I was clear throughout the process that I want to see it. And I'd love to see it. Hashtag 30 for 30. But is it going to happen? It's, it's not going to happen. No. Could it happen? Sure, it could, but if I have to bet, no. no. But you had Mike Florio, you had the conduct detrimental uh, guys getting people. Patrick Rich wrote a column just last week about $2 billion uh, getting, oh my God, this thing's only a month away from trial. But once the Sports Business Journal had the story that they're meeting for mediation, that's it. To me, that was like, okay, that's it. And now you know it's not going to be for anything less than $750 million because in the email that was leaked to the Sports Business Journal, Kroenke is saying it could settle between five hundred and seven fifty. dollars So at that moment, the lawyers in St. Louis go, we're not settling for a nickel less than $750 million because these people dislike you so much that they have leaked a memo to the Sports Business Journal in which you're saying five hundred dollars to seven fifty million. million. You want to fuck with us on this indemnification? Then fine, we're going to fuck with you. Yeah. And that's how the Seth Wickersham story happened, and that's how the Sports Business Journal story happened. So when it's portrayed as a win for Crocky, our definitions of victory are certainly different if you think that that is a win. Mm-hmm. I wanted an expansion team, or the Chargers. I always thought the Chargers were the thing that would make sense, but, you know, I realize it's highly unlikely considering they have a lovely deal in which they pay the steamer a dollar a rent and get to be (laughs) in the second biggest market in the country. Um, And I wanted a trial, but the people I spoke with throughout this process, when I would bring up the expansion team, they would look at me kind of like, Oh, I'm, it's like if my son in five years comes up to me and asks if there's a Santa Claus and I'll go, Oh fuck, he's nine and he still believes, Hmm, you know, That's when I would ask the question about it from people who I would describe as knowledgeable. Yeah. They'd go, no. And kind of like, we kind of thought you were a little (laughs) better than that, that you would even think that that's possible. No. Don't believe the hype. Um, And said, it's probably going to settle in between 300 and 600 million. That's, and I said, what about going to a trial? Not going to happen. NFL doesn't do trials. Not going to happen. But the NFL doesn't do losses either. The NFL lost this. For sure. So, I, uh, as far as any stories to tell, like the stories I have told, I, I, I do not, I, here's the, here's the thing that I want. Here's the thing I always want. Cause listen, $500 million for the region net after the attorney's fees is wonderful. The issue I think that unites everybody on this topic, which is an unfortunate thing to unite over is that most people do not believe in Tashara Jones or Sam Page. That is the core issue. Um, or whoever else you want to pick out of leadership, whether it be at the local or state level, that, that you just, you know, you look around. At the same time, and I think I said this on the podcast, maybe I didn't, I don't know where the hell I say things, um, who in politics in general would have the highest approval rating right now? For real. Dead serious. Shit. In St. Louis? Or no, 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 no. I, I, in general. Hell, I'd even go beyond the United States just for the sake of it, but 
it, for the sake of the discussion, the United States. That's a yeah. I don't know if you could put like I, there's nothing that comes off the top. Of I mind, know which is a which is. Super I have strange. I have no idea. I legitimately there's a homework assignment for the. I like to sometimes give out homework assignments for the audience. Uh -huh. Who would it be? I I really like. I have no clue who it would be. I mean, it's that. Just yeah, it, it'd probably be like non. <laughs> political people like non-politicians so which is why i said the person has to be holding an office okay yeah know? shit i don't yeah because then then because my only option like maybe like michelle obama but she doesn't hold office and that's yeah and she's not really a politician and then yeah i don't know any of someone holding an office couldn't tell you yeah and there's certainly in some bases there'd be more but 100 percent. but as, as far as a general where somebody would have a 60 percent approval rating a 60% approval rate, yeah. which isn't necessarily crazy. Nah. Now, I mean, I, to be clear, it's it's certainly in common right now, obviously, mm -hmm. but it's not like in the past it's been something that's off the uh, off the charts. So point being, it's bad in the climate. I don't see that changing. I, unfortunately, paying homage to Kevin Demoff, <laughs> I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. That's what he used to always tell me. It's going to get worse before it gets better which was a very tricky way. It's kind of like when somebody asked Lincoln Riley about the, uh, about the rumors and he goes, okay, I'm not going to be the coach at LSU. Next question. <laughs> it's like, shit, guess he's staying in Norman. Ah, <laughs> he said, I'm not going to be the coach at LSU. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, I saw it. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. Bas basic as fuck. But brilliant. Yeah. Because he answered it, he handled it and it, and then, and then everybody's like, shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Major news. Never even thinking. Yep. So when Kevin Demoff kept saying it's going to get worse before it gets better, I'm like, oh, but you know what? He was right. <laughs> and he did the whole time. He's telling me that he knew, but it was his way to say it. Yep. So with all of that said, I don't think that people have any faith that this money is going to be spent wisely. And that compounds the frustration that there will be no trial. There will be no team. With that, with that all established, what did I want? I wanted the people of St. Louis to have their story told. That's what I wanted. And a trial would have, in a way, gotten that mm -hmm. because it would have been so. It would have been. If it could have happened, so. Now, maybe somebody is going to get the transcripts of these depositions, even though one of the terms of the settlement is that they have to be destroyed within seven days. And I know the Post-Dispatch and Ben Fredrickson are fighting for that. Yeah. Um, fighting for it to not happen. Yeah. And maybe there's another Seth Wickersham piece that got people paying attention who weren't paying attention before, mm -hmm. where you go, oh, my God. Now, the thing that I will say that I know will not have approval in St. Louis, kind of like my Drinkwitz opinions, uh, is I think there would have been some people. In, there are some people in St. Louis, Jackson, who I think are sleeping easier knowing that this is not going to trial. In other words... Oh, I hear what you're saying. St. Louis would have had some embarrassment on its end. Absolutely. Because I know what the defense's route would have been, the defensive route would have been, even though the judge kept saying it's not about this, would have been everything that led up to 2013. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the steamer driving around Inglewood at 5 in the morning, uh, all while Demoff saying that he buys pieces of land all over the world. And I can tell you not one of them is for a stadium. So um, I am of the I, I know it's an opinion but I take it as a fact St. Louis did not lose the Cardinals because of the football fans Yeah, but the country thinks St. Louis lost two NFL teams 
St. Louis lost the Cardinals because of the same shit that we're dealing with in 2021 that was going on in the mid-1980s, and that is crap between the city and county in a divided area. Uh, in that case, it was Gene McNary and Vince Shamel and what was called, not ironically, civil, civic, civic progress. St. Louis lost the Rams because Kroenke had an out, and he was the only one of the people with outs who could privately finance a building in Los Angeles. That's it. Yep. But the narrative had to be, this is a dying city with shitty football fans because we can't come out and say, even though we can come out and say, they just chose not to, that, well, we're just going to put him here because he can privately finance it. And we don't really have a whole lot of faith in Dean Spanos or Mark Davis to operate optimally mm-hmm. uh, like we think Kroenke and the brand that is the Rams returning to Los Angeles can deliver. So that's the deal. But yeah. what was the, what was the narrative? Oh, it's an empty building in St. Louis. Well, it was the worst five-year stretch in NFL history as far as a record goes. Uh, they were drafting for Los Angeles. Todd Gurley was not a pick for St. Louis. Todd Gurley was a pick for Los Angeles. They were Demoff saying, fortunately or unfortunately, we went on a losing streak in November when he was speaking in his alma mater, Harvard, Harvard Westlake, uh, is mind-blowing to me. These are the stories that, to me, are worthy of a 30 for 30. And I can already picture, I can picture the opening scenes yep. and I can picture the closing scene. Yeah, and there's so much context that would need, to, whether it be with the expansion team, uh, the Stallions that never came, which was a big part because the, the stadium got built for them. So St. Louis was in a terrible That's spot correct. That's when correct. the Rams came to move because they were, it was either we're going to sign Which this or was this on St. Louis. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. That's, that was on the, the Cardinals moving. Bill Bidwell didn't want to move. Uh-huh. St. Louis couldn't get its act together. The NFL wanted St. Louis to get an expansion team in 93, I believe, was the year. Initially, it was going to be St. Louis and maybe Carolina, Charlotte, or Baltimore. Mm. It's Baltimore. It lost the Colts in 84. But then St. Louis was dicking around and had issues in, in fighting. Fran Murray, Jerry Clinton. And then they had to call in Kroenke, who was the hero. Kroenke was the hero because they needed money. And then the NFL gave him a 30-day respite to get their act together. So they only announced one team, the Carolina Panthers. And then they came back together. And around here, we were like, today's the day we're getting a football team. And then they announced the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we're like, where the fuck is Jacksonville? And how did we not get a team? So now you have a building getting built and no team. So you have no leverage in the negotiations. Not at all. Yeah. And And that's how you give the top tier clause, which is the original sin of the St. Louis Rams, the top tier clause. What are you going to do? You're like, well, we can't really push back. I mean, yeah. you know, even though they could have pushed back, yeah. they didn't feel like they could because you got a building with no team. So as far as the stories I've told, they're true. I would swear under oath to every single one of them. I have no upside in saying this. I just, I covered it. Yeah, I covered it. I covered it because I knew that it was shady and I covered it because losing an NFL team is way more important than any Cardinals Blues, Missouri, St. Louis, U, or Illinois game. Yep. That's how I view it. Oh, yeah. And that's why I put my own money into flying out there and spending time out there and pursuing it. Um, and that's why we spent so much time on it. Now, if you feel like $790 million to the region and 500 net to the region is a loss, then that's, I can't, I can't make you believe it's a win. But um, from my standpoint, it's a win. It's yep. not what I wanted, but realistically, it is greater than I ever thought they would get. What I wanted and what I still want 
are for the fans of the St. Louis area to be absolved for the region losing two NFL teams yeah. because it had nothing to do with the fa- it had nothing to do with the fans. I get Stan Kroenke wanting to move to Los Angeles. I get it. I can't blame him for that. I still wonder what it would have been like if in 2013, after the arbitration hearing, I mean, I can't imagine. I don't know who they would have used because Kevin Demoff and Stan Kroenke, not necessarily the people who would have inspired credibility. But uh, if somebody would have said, listen, the arbitration hearing is over. The arbitrator has sided with us. And St. Louis has decided not to exercise its right to spend $700 million to keep us here for the next decade. Therefore, we are now free agents. And while we love being in St. Louis, we are obligated to look around for a solution. Take a look at the Oakland A's. My God, that's a constant courtship. You have the Tampa Bay Rays talking about playing games in Montreal. Why the Rams had to do this thing like it was some... Like it was like a... That's what got him into trouble. The exactly. adios motherfuckers letter. I talked to Demoff that night. I talked to Demoff within an hour of it coming out. And he goes, well, people wanted to hear what Stan thought. Now they've heard. It was like glee, you know? <laughs> yeah. But that that played a role in this. Exactly. It didn't need to go down that way. That was so unnecessary. Yeah. That was like getting a taunting foul that cost your team the game. Yep. That's what that was. Yeah. And so when I look at it, I go, these guys have fucked themselves so many different ways. The indemnification thing will never go away. He will always be looked at, and then his son will always be looked at, because his dad, as the guy who signed an indemnification, and now you know you can't count on yeah. And you don't know, because still, Kroenke might litigate against the owners over the indemnification. That's not over. Nope. They estimated 2 to $3 billion for that stadium. It wound up costing 5 to 6 They have Dean Spanos in there paying a dollar, but splitting the market with them, paying him a dollar to rent dollar. And now he can never come back to his home state. Now he might not give a shit has places all over the world, but he is a punchline in the NFL. He is hated here. He's a hated in arsenal and it's not like he's super popular in Denver. Mm-mm. So if you think he won, that's fine. I don't know what what do you, what do you think was going to happen when people are talking about he's going to be crippled financially. It just was never going to happen. I mean, it can, we can talk about it. It's fun, yeah. but it's not realistic as to what could really happen. And the NFL going thirty three teams, just like yeah, I just don't see that happening because why would the other thirty one owners chop up the revenue pie with another thirty third when this motherfucker is on the hook for it? So fuck him. He's paying for it. So listen, I would have loved it. I wanted it, but my expectations didn't move based on the Conduct Detrimental podcast or Mike Florio writing about an expansion team. It was fun and exciting to see, but then I would go back to people who mm-hmm. were more in the know and they'd go, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not happening. No. So, you know, it's going to settle. And I'm like, well, I, well, it's getting closer, so I'm going to hold out hope for a trial. And yeah, maybe it will, but I doubt it because... Even St. Louis isn't going to go, we're going to pass on a sure thing when we know that this thing, once it goes to appeals, is going to have problems. Yep. And that's assuming you win the trial. So, yeah, I mean, the question, is the juice not worth the squeeze? Yeah, everything's always, is the juice worth the squeeze? I feel like people are starting to use that a lot more now in places that it's not necessarily appropriate. 
story. <laughs> but uh, the the analytic is is the upside worth the downside. That's that's what the phrase means. And yeah, I mean, I, I, there really isn't much upside outside of I want to let people know what went on. Yep. And uh, and that quest did not end on Wednesday with a settlement. Mm-mm. That quest did not end on Wednesday with a settlement. Uh, you are always welcome to send in questions, comments for uh, QFTA. Erotic stories are certainly welcome. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Uh, hello, gents. Regarding golf, do you prefer to play the same course over and over again or play various different courses? Tim, I know you're hashtag blessed, so you're on that membership swag. Do you prefer to play at your home course? I understand handicap aspirations may or may not affect your answers, i.e. playing the same course over and over again can simply or can simplify lowering your handicap. Cheers. That's from DraftKings Cal. Uh, Jackson, what's your answer to that? You know, I, you know, I've never been a member of a country club, but for many years, I mean, essentially Forest Park was my country club because I would play out there for because I worked there. And uh, you, you, there's a lot to gain from playing the same course over and over again. You know certain things about it, so you have that advantage over people. I like if I like a course, I really like to play it a bunch. Like I really enjoy playing uh, certain courses in the St. Louis area, and I'd prefer that uh, over a lot of other courses. So I just rather play where I know I'll have fun. Um, some courses I don't play well at all, and I don't really want to play there. So I would say, yeah, I do like to play the same course over and maybe the same three courses over and over again. Not what are the three necess- courses, baby. What are your three courses? Uh, Far Oaks is definitely one of them. That's my spot. I uh, really like Aberdeen. Never played it. Really nice link style. And then uh, I would say I really like to play Tapawingo when it's not flooded. Right. Yeah. So yeah, ta- those three, one. I really like to play those three. All and that Tapawingo, you can play so many variations because there's three nines. Right. So that's uh, yeah, that's a good play. That's a part of it. And then Forest Park, whenever I get a chance, as long as it's not you know a weekend. Not gonna, not really interested in that. But if it's a weekday during the day, I'd love playing Forest Park. For for me, with playing at the same place, it's not about core; it's about proximity, mm-hmm. and that's that's what it's about. That's that that's how I make decisions. I mean, which may sound horrible, and I realize I'm probably in a you know minority on that. Uh, for me, driving to Far Oaks, yeah, is just not even something I would consider. Even driving to Aberdeen mm-hmm. uh, is not something on a regular basis, I would consider for me, it's, Oh, I have two and a half hours. I can go burn 1500 calories by walking nine or maybe 12 or whatever. And if nobody's around, I can drop 20 balls and chip, you know, on a hole, or I can, you know, drop three here and three there and three here and then just putt on a green, you know, it's that, that's what I like. I like to practice. I love a practice range. I mm-hmm. love putting in AirPods and listening to a podcast or music and hitting balls because it's almost like meditation for me. Yeah. So that's what I like. Um, the the, cor- the course at which I'm a member, and you've played with me a few times, Jackson. Yeah. Um, you know, even though it's, it's it's Westboro, and even though it's short, you give me a course that's wide open and long. Not that I'm going to hit it 300, but I don't know what I hit. I guess I hit it. I don't know what I hit. What do you think? I, how far do you think? Because we, we hit the ball. About, about 275. Yeah, I would say that's probably where I am. Yeah. Well, you don't need driver at Westboro. I mean, you can hit it, yeah. but you're bringing trouble into play because it's so tight. The par threes there, there's six par threes. It's a par 68. But, oh, that's 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 great. Well, one of them is short. Is, well, I mean, is, is quote unquote easy. Yeah. But. The rest, I mean, some of them play 200 yards or they're, you got trouble all over the place. I mean, they're, 
it's just not. Westboro is long in all the wrong places. Like yeah. wherever you don't want the hole to be long, it's long. It's just, it's, it's, my point is I've shot 68 there twice. I've shot even there twice. And then you, I play with some guys who are much better players than me. And they go, it's so, it's a tougher course to score on because you have six par threes and yeah, you can birdie. You can absolutely. I'm sure I birdied all six of them over the time I've played there, but they're not like gettable yeah. on a regular basis. They're yeah. not just like little, you know, like there's, what's that one at gateway, even though that's like, Oh, like actually submit yards. gateway for one of my favorite. I love playing gateway, but it yeah, was uh, a great course, but, but even on that one, the green's tough. So it depends on yeah. where the pin is. The one that's like a little half wedge. Oh yeah. You yeah, know, yeah like know. 110 yards yeah. over the water, water on the left. Yeah. Uh, so just, I mean, it's so much of golf is, and it's just, this is something where my whole performance has evolved is, deciding before you hit the ball where you're comfortable with your miss and then also acknowledging certain days, certain pins are set up to be gettable and certain days, certain pins are set up to tempt you and then let the, uh, let the buyer beware, so to speak. If you mm -hmm. want to go for it, God bless, but you're now bringing bogey or double bogey into play, get on and two putt it and get the hell out. Yeah. It just depends. And that's the thinking element of it. So I get it. If you are, I don't know, a 15 or 20 handicap and you go, Oh, it's par 68. Well, my score is going to be lower because of that. Cause you're thinking in that, oh, you see yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. Thinking, shit, normally I would shoot 90, like but there the I'm going to shoot 85. Right. So yes, by definition that, that may be the case. Yeah. But if you're looking at it from a breaking par perspective, I got a much better chance of breaking par at gateway, not yep. from the tips. No, be, no, no, be no. clear. Uh, than I do at Westboro, yep. which sounds counterintuitive. Yeah. Um, but it, but again, that's now in ten years that might not be the case because I might not be hitting it two seventy five. But my strength is my driver, and at Westboro, I can hit a ball really well. But I might be punching out, or might be blocked out by a branch yep. because that's just the nature of the golf course. Yeah. So I yeah I mean if 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 I so I mean when I was living in Jupiter and was playing a PGA National, and there are four courses on the grounds, and then there's a fifth that's just slight, you know, like five, 10 minutes down the road, I would love to diversify playing. So that's a perfect example. I'd get yeah. a chance to, to, I truly could, you know, and then it's like, okay, if I'm feeling good, I'll play the one where they have the Honda classic. Cause that's a motherfucker of a golf course. Uh, and if I'm just like, I just want to go out and play, I'll play what I thought was the easier, you know, course. Yeah. So it just, it just depends. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I realize manipulating handicaps is certainly <laughs> a, a part of the game. Um, if that is the direction you want to go, but I just, it's like, I enter my scores and whatever uh, good or bad and whatever pops up, pops up. Yeah. Cause you want it to be authentic. The, yeah. So like if I get to scratch, then I think I will, but hell, I don't know. Maybe I won't. Uh, I certainly think I will. It's not going to be because I like fucked with the system. No. It's going to be like, I earned this motherfucker. Yeah. You know? Feels better. Absolutely. Yeah. You so, don't want to lie to yourself. Yeah. Does but, good. but the thing is, it's like I shot, Jack, I think it's still on my gin account. Um, it was on my birthday. Went out with my wife and son to Forest Park because it was oh, on yeah. a Monday. I think it was on a Monday. I think the score is still on my scores. It's got to be. It was September 27th. I don't think I've played 20 rounds since then. And I shot at dogwood red bud mm -hmm. a 71 nice but it actually it, it was a differential for me of 3.4 and my number right now is a 3.0 yeah so it actually brought my handicap up 
Interesting. Yeah. Probably because of the slope. and yeah, Right. Exactly. That's yeah. the thing. So it's not all about that. And I recognize most people don't know that. Most people are probably forwarding through this. But, you know, for the purpose of the, the discussion, um, you know, it's it's a quote-unquote easier golf course. Even though distance-wise, it's going to be, I assume it's longer than Westboro. I don't know what's shorter than Westboro. No, it's longer than Westboro. Yeah. But, not, I mean, it's there's no holes that's going to be like, boy, this is a this is a long one. Right. It's, it's relatively it's, short. It's just, it's, it's, you know, it's about, it always gets down to, from my standpoint, scoring is putting, but around the green, but uh, that's assuming that you're hitting the ball in the fairway and not OB. But uh, yeah, if I, if I have, I mean, if we could, and there were a bunch of courses in the, like within 15 minutes that were real options, that'd be great, but that's not how it is here. You go down to, to Palm Beach County and you yeah. have, I think 70 courses are in Palm Beach County. So. Yeah. It's a different uh, different situation. Uh, let's see. I know that we had fan page questions. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see what we got. I got to scroll to it. Who was my girl? Angel Youngs. Did you see the picture of Angel yeah. Youngs? Yeah. What do you think of Angel Youngs? Strong. Strong. Strong to quite strong. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, usually, you usually pick. I, I, I've never. Really, I don't mess around. Yeah, I haven't seen one on there that you put up that I'm like. Lee eh. Sand goes, well, your type is pretty girls. And I go, well, what, 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 <laughs> yeah. what, what other type is there? But I think, like Jay, for example, I don't think he really cares if they're no, pretty. No, And I remember, and I can't name, it would, it would be uh, wrong to, uh, to, uh, to name the name of the former Cardinal. This is a long time ago, uh, early 2000s. And I, uh, there's a strip bar in, it's still there. I haven't been there. God, maybe more than a decade. Uh, and I, it's not like, I'm like, God, I got to get back. I'm just out of the strip bar game called Rachel's. Mm. Do you ever go, do you ever do any Rachel's thing? No, your, I know about Rhonda's on uh, page, but well, different, different caliber. I think <laughs> all due respect. Uh, and it's off I 95 and 45th. And I think it's just, just like in Northern West Palm beach. And, I mean, I just, you know, I don't even, I don't even know how to describe the appearances of the women. It's just at another level. Mm -hmm. Unlike anything I've seen anywhere. I guess I was in Windsor, Ontario one time. And I think a lot of the ladies from Montreal, oh, beautiful sporting. Yes. Would, would go there. It's when the blues are playing the Red Wings in a playoff series. And we made our way across the river to go into Canada. Oh yeah. Uh, like, that's the only thing I can compare it to. So it's like it's like three in the morning and I'm there and uh, a Cardinal is there who I know. And I go, what are you doing here? And of course the self-awareness, the fact that I'm there <laughs> is irrelevant. And he, and he goes, I like my horse dirty. <laughs> oh my God. Yep. That happened. Best, best fans of baseball wouldn't like that story. Uh but uh, I'm like, all right, well, I guess you're in the right place then. You know, I mean, if you're looking for the best pizza in town, you've, you've arrived. Yeah. So this is, this is what you got. Yeah. I mean, so I'm just like, you know, and then like four hours later there, we both are at the complex waving. Hello. Like, yeah. like four <laughs> hours later, we don't, we're not going to talk about where we were. So yeah. But for me, I'm still an appearance guy. I don't know when that will change. Which I or guess is change. wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just depends on what you're. What well, an odd thing to be into appearance. But like, yeah, like Lisa Ann goes, well, yeah, I know your type, and I'm like, what's my type? Well, you like pretty girls. I go, what, what, 
What what else? I thought I thought that part was a given. I thought there was like a specific yeah. like you notice I like like blue or green eyes, which I know that is a thing for me. Um, you know, but whatever. Either way, um, yes, Angel Youngs would fit my type. However, she's also voluptuous. Yes, yes, indeed, voluptuous. Va 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 boom. All right. So here I found Angel Youngs. Which then leads me to my pictures accompanying the QFTA post. Oh, okay. I thought you, when you said fan page question, I thought it was a question about the no, fan page. I was no, like, no, oh no, boy, no. how are we gonna do this one? I gotta tell you, uh huh. I, it's not, it's not, it's not like a, it's not like a cho- I didn't even think to look at it. Oh, good for you. I, and I, I felt like that was liberating. Yeah. Like, cause I'm like, I know what it's gonna be like. Out of whatever, like somehow it'll be passive aggressive about me being on vacation, the show sucking. I miss the good old day. You know, I've, I've heard about the good old days of the show since 2006, and yet here we are in 2021, mm-hmm. and with the most downloads in the history of the show yeah. in October of 2021. But I hear about the good old days. But what I'm just like, I don't. Why? Why? And why even? It's no. not. It's not somebody wanting to engage in a good faith discussion. It's just no. It's just negativity for the sake of likes, because positivity gets you called the lemming. So I'm just like, why would I? Why would I even, so what, but I, I didn't even, but the great thing about it is, isn't that there was a thought process and a resistance to it. It was, I didn't even think about it. Which is great. Yeah. I'm like, oh. It's a great place to be. So I went to post about uh, QFTA, Angel yeah. Young's, uh, Stan Kroenke smiling at LeBron James. Like I would smile at Abigail Mack if I met her. <laughs> Eli Drinkwitz with his lightsaber and, and hood, you know, after beating a really solid Florida team. Yeah, so so solid that they can their coach immediately. <laughs> I mean, probably right when they got off the plane. And then the Rams NFC Championship banner hanging on, or not hanging, laying on the ground of the dome, which to me is like one of the most tragic pictures. Oh, so this yeah. for you probably makes you like cry, even though you were weren't you were alive, but don't remember. I remember the them taking the Super Bowl one down. And it was like, oh, oh, can we just leave those? Brutal. It wasn't like, yeah, no. I guess that the name is more important than the city. The uh, name. One gentleman asked me, uh, how about the Slew basketball team? And I was very <laughs> honest with him. And I said, I've watched more St. Louis University soccer than I have Slew Missouri and Illinois basketball combined this year. Yeah. And that might not change. I just don't, I just, I wish I could get into it. I can't. Yeah. I can't. It's, and I'm not saying people are wrong to be into it if they are. Like apparently the Billikens are off to a good start. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, they're pretty good. I love, and I can't help that I love, and I can't remember who was saying it. It was, it was college football because Saturday was so great, not just because the games were great, but because they mattered. Yep. That's what gets me going. And I can't get into things that, in my mind, don't matter. Now, that is in the eye of the beholder. For you, the game against Wichita State for Missouri may have mattered. Well, I, I just think co- I love college basketball. Okay, like, so then if you do, that, that, then, then it's enjoyable. If you say, I love college football. Yeah, exactly. And I love playing DraftKings, so therefore I watch the NFL. Mm-hmm. But that's how, I'm, that's how yeah. I'm getting my dopamine rush. That's how I'm getting my entertainment, is that stuff. It's not, it's not about the strategy, so to speak, because it's a self-interest. Yeah. With college football, I love that the passion, the pageantry in Ohio State and Michigan are oh, essentially yeah. playing a quarterfinal or a round of 16 yeah. for the playoff. That then Alabama and Auburn not only have the passion, the pageantry of the rivalry, but for Alabama, they're playing to get into the playoff or stay alive in the playoff. And then after that, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, yeah, the rivalry the potential that it's the last time that game's ever held in that building. 
and they're both still theoretically in the mix for the college football playoff. Yeah, that's what I that's what I love. Um, and as much as I want to see the college football playoff expand, if the college football playoff were twelve teams, Saturday this past Saturday, which was an incredible Saturday for college football, is not as good. Yeah, because it'd be neutral site, wouldn't it? No, it, it, it wouldn't have mattered as much. Gotcha. The games are still on the schedule. Okay, but Oklahoma, but Ohio State and oh, okay. Michigan are still going. I hear what you're saying. And Oklahoma State and Oklahoma are probably still going. And Alabama, they come back. Nah, nice. They beat them. Doesn't mean a damn thing. Yeah. They were going to the playoff either way because there's 12 teams. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's that's and they were going to the SEC championship game either way. So they can still punch their ticket by beating Georgia, whether they beat Auburn or not. It doesn't matter. They've already clinched the SEC West. That's what I, that's what I'm yeah, getting. I hear at. what you're saying. Yep. So and by the way. I still think I'd still like to see the college football playoff expanded. Yeah. With that all set. But I loved this past Saturday. Um, college basketball, I can't, I just, I'm just like, that doesn't matter. Nothing, nothing matters. For me, nothing matters until the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Missouri could be absolute garbage. SLU could be absolute garbage. But if they get in and they go on a run, then the year is considered good. Yeah. That's it. Missouri was a 12 seed when they made the Elite Eight in 2002. A 12 seed, one of the last teams in. And they were truly in position to go to the Final Four. Truly. I was at the game in San Jose. They were truly in position. And they could have fucking done some damage if they got there. Yeah. Uh, wound up being Indiana and Maryland. Remember that, that team? Was yeah, I don't Juan remember. Juan Dixon? Was that the guy's name on Maryland? Oh, two is, is, is... Yeah, I'm getting uh, it. And I, Mike I, Davis had replaced Bobby Knight. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, I remember that because yeah. I watched the documentary. Oh, five is when my sports knowledge starts. Oh, five, oh, six. Okay, that's interesting. Because mine's, mine's 82. Yeah, my sports knowledge starts oh, five, oh, six. Because I was given an NBA video game, and that's where I learned every NBA player's Is name. That right? And then the Cardinals won the World Series in '06, so I could name every player on that team. And then I watched Sports Center every morning before school until I was God in bless. high school. It all so makes that, sense. So that's when my sports knowledge starts. So far, and we are 22 years apart in age, uh-huh. and we are almost to the year 22 years apart. I guess we're 23 years apart on when our sports knowledge really kind of started. Yeah, 82. Am I right on that? 82 I... to 05. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so that makes sense. Yep. That's the time. So so you're six, seven years old then, right? Yeah. So my son will start, if he does get into it, Yeah. being uh, in two or three years. All right, yeah. it's good knowledge. But I think a big part of that was the Cardinals win the World Series. Sure, and well, 82, yeah, Cardinals exactly. win the World Series. I mean, yeah. that's, that's how it works. Well, then but shit. The, but the football do? Cardinals were dog shit. Yeah. And so I just remember one time they missed a field goal at the end of the game that would have gotten them into the playoffs, which seemed foreign. Uh, in 1984 against the then Washington Redskins. Um, and they would have gone into the playoffs and it was a huge deal. But that's yeah. the only thing I remember. Mm-hmm. You know, that's because it had a consequence. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So yeah. for college, I love consequences. The NFL, like the Colts lost yesterday. Yeah. But they still, they, still could, they still could win the Super Bowl. Yep. You know, it, it's a different deal. The consequences yeah. aren't as For extreme. me, for college basketball, like uh, this Gonzaga played Duke and Gonzaga was number one, Duke's number five, but they also have the number one and two projected draft picks. Right. And that was just to me to see them battle with Dickie V on the call and how good of a game it was. That's all I need. But I, I also understand at the same time, Gonzaga lost. They're still going to be. So that means Gonzaga played UCLA and Duke in yeah, like it's what, what, fucking, back-to-back nights or fucking, two or three nights? It's fucking crazy what they're making these top teams do because they want to garner some interest from, you know, take a little bit away from football. So they have to put on these huge marketing right. matchups. Gonzaga's already played the number two and number five team wow. in the country, and they're like six games in. It's craziness. That's, it's absolute craziness. But then they'll get an easier back half of the non-conference. I will listen. 
I want to get back into it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what will get me back into it. I haven't been into college basketball for a decade. Yeah. And I just don't see it. I just don't see it changing, but maybe it will. I don't know. I have no idea what's going to change it for yeah. me. Maybe if I just think that maybe if like the school was like it, if it was like a, a basketball culture school, and I know Mizzou has a, had a good history in somewhat sense, but like UNC fans, like they're probably bigger football fans, but they are so into UNC oh, basketball. Oh, sure. I get it. But I mean, Missouri in the 80s and 90s was a punchline in uh-huh. football. Yeah. And you could count okay. on them being in the NCAA tournament. So that's what you looked forward to. And I can still picture it's like, oh, the Big 8 tournament, Iowa State, K-State. You knew the players. You knew the coaches. You hated Billy Tubbs. Mm-hmm. You know, it was exciting. They got to play UNLV and you know, that that ridiculous team, I think there was a 30 for 30 done on them, right? Yeah. I think there was. Um, and it went, and it still went on for years. I just don't know what's happened over the last decade for me. Um, I don't know. E- either way, the question was about St. Louis University basketball, and it's not, it's not a shot at those who are into it. I don't no, care. I just have said that for me doing this podcast, I talk about things I'm interested in. It's yep. not like a, okay, it's not like when I was doing a sports cast at KMOV. Okay, well, we led with Missouri basketball. We got to go to SLU basketball, and then we'll do Illinois highlights. You know, I mean, that's how you, you just check yeah. the boxes. This is this is my little world, and it's like we don't talk about Blues regular season either. It's not a coincidence, nope. you know. I don't talk about, because I just don't fucking care, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I would hope that people appreciate the honesty, but, uh, and I, I think at this point, people have already kind of written me off. If they're looking for college basketball, they're not coming to me. <laughs> no. oh, I can't wait to hear what Tim has to say about it. I couldn't name anybody. Uh, let's see. Uh, Timmy recaps, you wake up and your listenership, business success, and professional contacts are gone. Do you rebuild a business in the same space as an entrepreneur? What are you doing with yourself? It's from Timmy recaps. Uh, I guess I, I was about to get buy myself some time and go to you, but I guess that's specific. Um, I, I am programmed such that I have to have upside. Like my wife knows that something that we said a few years ago and have kind of lived by is we always have to have something, even if it's not real to look forward to, Mm. it might explain how I con myself into believing I am a week away from an MFF. Mm -hmm. Is it going to happen? It's highly unlikely. I asked for it for our 10th anniversary. Felt like it was a reasonable uh, ask. Larry David got to bang somebody else. Yeah. Or at least he was supposed to. I think there was a, a sheet problem. Um, uh, no, I think she had a George W. Bush picture in oh, that's her, right, uh, that's right. That's in her right. green room. That was a different girl that there was a she that she, that he brought the she. Gina Gershon. Yeah. Yeah. Could, who is one of the most, oh, yeah. Gina Gershon is that's, that's, that's my type actually. Yeah. Now she's beautiful, uh-huh. but she exudes sexuality. Yes. And that is, that's what I, I don't need like super hot but clearly like you know i don't even know you like the lips i do like the lips the real lips <laughs> you know not the, no, not, no, the, the, not the no i know where you're about to go <laughs> and i was about to go brioing i know where you're going brio lips yeah that's what i'm talking about brio lips i'm talking parties in the park lips mm. i'm talking about it's 22 i guess i gotta get fillers you know that shit boy that you see it more and more every day um no so that's so the yeah, I'm asking for that for, and I said, hey, listen, I know what I got you for the 10th anniversary. God bless. It's a nice score. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Here's what I'd like. You know, I know you're. I know you know you're going to be giving birth here in a couple months, and that's a whole thing, I'm sure. <laughs> Wouldn't know. <laughs> it's a whole thing, I'm sure. <laughs> so you're going to be, you know, 
you're going to be in your, you know, Calvin Ridley stage where we think you're going to come back, but we know you're out. You're not going to, yeah, we're planning without you. But when you come back, I'd like an MFF, but I think that's that's reasonable. Sure. Said the 10th anniversary. Now, do I think it's going to happen? I don't. But in my mind, I'm telling myself it's going to happen. So how does this tie into the question about what I would do with my life? I always want upside. I always have to, and I don't know what's going to happen when it becomes clear. It's kind of like, okay, I'm done. But I always want upside. It's, I would much rather have upside than a guaranteed salary. Uh That's how, how, what about you? Now, this is is a tough question to ask at 23. It's probably be better to ask you in like 10 or 12 years. Where are you? See, it's different. You just can't answer. It's tough to answer the question because you're like, what you're making now, you're like paying bills with. Yeah, exactly. It's a If you would ask me at 23. I probably, I mean, just right now, I mean, a guarantee. Sure. Because, because that's what you, that's the spot, you know, and I get that. Yeah. But yeah. But there are plenty of people at 45 who want the guarantee. And I've said it before that the two worst things that you can get addicted to are carbohydrates and guaranteed paychecks. Yeah. So it, from my, but that's, that depends on where you are. I've had conversations with a couple people, both entrepreneurs, um, they're like, oh, you're always going to be making a, a nice amount of money. And I go, why? And they go, cause you're always looking for ways to create and you don't want a guaranteed paycheck. And I go, oh, okay. Like, I don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't feel that way, but I guess that is, it's not a, I, I would, I would rather have the, I don't even know who would be a good example but just not, I would rather not be programmed this way. Mm. I think it's not a pleasant way to go through life Yeah, I heard you where you're tossing and turning and your mind is racing. I wake up almost every morning and the first thing that I start thinking about is business immediately. And I'm done. I might sit there and think I'm going to fall back asleep, but I hardly ever do. That's what happens. And that's the way I work. And it's not something that I don't want that for my son, for example. I don't, my sons, I don't want that for them. Yeah. Now it might make me, quote unquote, perceived as successful, but I would much rather be happy than like perceived as successful. I hear what you're saying. Not to say that I'm not happy, but I would be rather be more relaxed and going, okay, I got to get this. I got to get this. I don't care. I don't fucking care. I don't know. You get to a point. It, it doesn't matter. So for me, because I'm programmed that way, I know I would do something as an entrepreneur. It's not even a sweat. I know. I know I would do that. Um, I love that though. I yeah. do love that. I love being like, God, is that the next thing? And then seeing certain things that you were thinking of take off. And part of the way it's like, it's a validation that you were right. And then the other part is like, fuck, why didn't I do it? Yeah. Or why didn't I make it happen? Cause I had an idea that that might be it. And now I see this thing taking off. But I think if you're programmed that way, I don't know. I guess if you get to a point where it's like, okay, I got so much fucking money, it doesn't matter. Um, then maybe it's a different mindset. Yeah. You know, you want something that makes you happy, just yeah. pure happiness, right. nothing, nothing else attached. So it's a different, it's a different deal. But right now I know my answer is entrepreneur because I always like upside. If somebody's putting a deal on the table that this is as much as you can make. Now it's a lot of money, but it's as much as you can make. And this is a deal and you're going to make this and it's a very nice base, but you can make this. That attracts me yeah. that the latter attracts me. But I also, but listen, if I had four kids and I'm 30, it's probably a different mindset. You yeah. know, it's a different situation. Yeah. Uh, this gentleman, this was a good exchange and this will wrap up. We'll, we'll start where we finished. We finished where we started. I have found some of the Drinkwitz Mizzou talk this year a bit different than your typical sports analysis. And it felt like some of the talking points 
extension talk were generated from a power more from a power Mizzou fan perception than normal fan perception. I caught a glimpse of the pick six and see your picture on here, and you and know you are ready to fire some thoughts this week on the show. But overall, are you bullish on the direction of the program after year two regular season of the current coaching regime? So my read on this question was this is this is perfect because this is kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah. I think if you ask the casual observer of Missouri football, their opinion on Missouri football, they would go, no, they fucking suck. That's what I think the casual, I think that's what the response would be. Man, it sucks. What happened? That's what I think. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of, I'd like to like put a name on it. Um, but I mean, around here, everybody's obviously following it closely, but like a buddy of mine who went to Indiana, Mm-hmm. If I were to say, hey, "What do you think of Missouri football?" Yeah, don't they kind of suck now? That's yeah. that's what it would be. That's what it, that's what I believe the response would be. If you were to ask an SEC fan about Missouri football, they'd say, "Fucking suck, don't belong." You know that that those would be the now. If you were to ask hardcore Missouri fan, this gentleman cites Power Mizzou and the Power Mizzou contract extension thing came from when Gabe was on the show, and I said, "You know, I read a thread on Power Mizzou. This was before they even played Central Michigan." where there was a large number of people talking about how they needed to lock Eli Drinkwitz up to a contract extension. And that really surprised me because they went five and five last year. were very lucky to beat Arkansas, got stomped by Mississippi state. And I don't really know who they beat that had a winning record outside of Arkansas. Yeah. It wasn't Vanderbilt. Mm-mm. It wasn't Kentucky. No. And it wasn't South Carolina. No, nobody. So why, and listen, I'm happy that people are optimistic, but it's amongst the Missouri fans. It's not about amongst the casual fans. Yeah. So what am I missing here? And Gabe's, yeah, this is a case of people getting a little too excited before there's reason to, there's no reason to lock him up to an extension. So I'm like, okay, but Eli Drinkwitz himself doesn't fascinate me. The, the hardcore Missouri fan reaction to Eli Drinkwitz which I guess is in a way kind of inside of a bubble that feeds on itself yeah. is what fascinates me because I don't know why outside of it's been seven years since Missouri football has been relevant beyond the, you know, to the casual fan yeah, and the Barry Odom thing not only didn't work, it was boring. Mm hmm. And uh, do you need to piss? No. Uh, okay, you're, you're giving off the tell when you need to piss. No, I'm all good. I was stretching. For the for the listeners' purposes, Jackson, for whatever reason, has a prostate situation at it's 23. Serious. Yeah, it's it's a problem. I can sit in here for four hours, and Jackson at 23, I didn't saw you were giving off the tell. No, I'm sorry. The stretch. Just, no, no. I was like, oh, I'll bail. I'll I'll, I'll say we can edit no, here. No, I was. I'm good. I just not. It, but if we did four hours, I would need to pee three times. Yeah, I'd set the over under at three. Three, yeah, three. I would need to pee three times. And it doesn't help because I drink a lot of water and coffee. So do I, but yet, I mean, here I am with my second bottle, my but protein you're, shake. Yeah, but you've been broadcasting for so long, I feel like you just you know what tra- of... You know what trained me? Online poker. <laughs> okay, yeah, I bet it did because you can't, like, you, you can't take the... You can't unless you're, you're like, you're, you're a little yeah, five-minute yeah. breaks. <laughs> yeah. Um. So getting back to the Missouri football thing, that's the thing that... So I've noticed this at the beginning of the year. And I'm just like, okay, what did I, cause I, you know, last year 
if they had a great year or if they had a terrible year, I wouldn't have really thought anything of it. It was such a weird year for everybody. Like when they got stomped by Mississippi State, they had like half their roster. So I wasn't holding that against him. It was whatever it was last year, you know, the pandemic era. Yeah. So this year, I was like, what in the fuck are we talking about with an extension? Because the recruiting class is good? Yeah. Okay. So then the Central Michigan game is concerning. Yeah. That was a red flag right out of the gate. Right off the gate. And somebody said, and I don't know who it was. It might have been you. might have been Gangster Pete on the podcast, Pick 6. Like, what if that were Barry Odom who were the coach for that? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're exactly right. All hell would be breaking loose already. Yeah. But for Drinkwitz, it's not. And then you have, I believe week two is Kentucky. Yep. And they, from the first half, I've, you're going, oh my God. Yeah. They, it's, somehow they were only down seven, but you're going, they don't look like they belong on the same field. Is Kentucky really good or is Missouri really bad? But to Missouri's credit, they made adjustments and played a really solid second half and were in a position to win that. Yeah. As we said at the beginning of the podcast, best half of football, in my opinion, from Missouri. When you take out the Central Michigan's, even though that wasn't good at all, no. Central Michigan's SEMO... North, North Texas, Texas stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, so that got people kind of going, oh, hold on a second. Because at the beginning of the year, we're not doing revisionist history. The coin flip games at the beginning of the year were Kentucky, Boston College. Tennessee. Tennessee wasn't really considered a coin flip game at the beginning of the year. It, I guess you could say it kind of was, but it definitely was not looked at as what wound up happening. And I'm not even talking about the loss, Just uh, the, the, the manner with which, yeah. but, and, and Arkansas yeah, expecting to win South Carolina, expecting to win um, Vanderbilt, expecting to lose Georgia, A&M, and what would be another Florida, one? Expecting to lose Florida. Expecting to lose Florida. Yeah. So, then as things proceeded in the course of the season, you're losing all your coin flip game. Lose Boston College. Get stomped by Tennessee. Brutal. Get stomped by Texas A&M. Brutal. And all of the talk is about Steve Wilkes. Yeah. Because the defense was so bad, the offense was bad. But oh. the defense was so bad, it wasn't even worth talking about the offense. And now the defense has gotten decent. But I'd also point out who they've been playing. So... Uh, with regards to the offense and what happened this past Friday in Fayetteville, you go, what in the hell's going on here? Yeah. You're down by three scores and you're just running the football because you can't throw it. Can't, literally can't throw it. Cannot throw it. And then he does and he throws it along the sideline and it's picked off and you're just like, oh my God. Yeah. Now it's not like the defense was shutting him down. It was 10-6 at the half. Yeah. But then, you know, after a while, the defense can only do so much. Yeah. You know, eventually they're going to break. They're going to break. And then if you go, and if you can't move the football, it's, it's it's so like brutal to watch, and also so deflating for your defense right. and your running back because it, they know he Tyler Bay knows that the only way they're going to move this football is if I run my ass up the field, and if we can't pass the ball, then it's going to make that even harder. And for the defense, if they can't pass the ball, the defense knows they're going to be out there a bunch, and it gives them no confidence. And then Basilek gets worse. It compounds for Basilek because he knows he can't throw anymore. And he's hobbled as it is. And they run a, on second and 20. They run a quarterback sneak with him. What the hell are we doing? And it's, and it's brutal. And, it, and it's not going to get better if you're going to continually not set up a good offense for passing or not have the right quarterback in there. So I asked the gentleman who asked the question, I said, thank you for the question, sir. May I ask you two questions? Are you a Missouri fan? And if so, how would you answer the question you asked me? Because I had 
an instantaneous read on the situation. You only know about Power Mizzou if you're a Mizzou fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think each like college football team has their little message. Exactly, which is where the hardcores gather. And yeah. I'm a hardcore too. Yep. Even though I don't go to every game and I don't chastise people for not going to games, which seems to be like that's how you prove your your fandom. Yeah. Um, but so I'm I'm aware of what, what's inside there. So the gentleman answers the question. You probably had a vibe on how I would answer these. That's correct. Uh, but I'll try to keep them brief but detailed. Number one, I am. With two small kids, I didn't really get to watch a game all the way through in one sitting, but we'll follow Twitter and we'll DVR and try to watch them throughout the week. I'll read some articles and really enjoy the weekly PFF article Dave Matter does weekly. Number two, I was probably more in the seven to eight win thought process for this year, but I'm still bullish moving forward. The recruiting rankings pretty much speak for themselves, and the continued increase in talent should become more evident. You started to see some freshmen make noticeable impacts this year. It seems like inside the room, the team has a good culture. I have no idea. What, I, I'm not. This isn't done. This no. gentleman participated in the exchange in a, in a completely pleasant way. I have no idea what he would base that on, though. Uh, it seems like inside the room, the team has a good culture. And I'm not. I'm not saying that to say that they have a bad culture. I just have no idea what. You can't even witness practices, much less. No. Uh, yeah. They, there's no room. Like, yeah. yeah. People don't even know as like people who are covering the team know us about as much as us about inside the room. Right. So I, but they even know, but they know as much as, as practices because you can't see the practices either. Yeah. Uh, so I will respectfully disagree with that. Um, as, as I type this, uh, the transfer portal seem has started, but I would expect them to have a pretty good roster continuity and staff continuity, which is always a positive for growth. The Bazelak thing was perplexing that he continued to ride him, but I don't see that happening next year if it's the same story with all the young quarterback talent. The offensive play calling seemed erratic at times, but I think that was more due to quarterback play than being overmatched X's and O's. I'll agree with that part. Uh, I think the guy can really scheme the running game, and there were plenty of pass plays where people were open, but the quarterback didn't deliver. I disagree with that part. Obviously, the one on Friday where he missed. Oh, yeah, right down the middle. Um, who was the receiver on that? Was it Kiki Chisholm? No. No, Toski Dove? No. I can't remember then. Uh, oh, uh, Love It. Wasn't it Love It? It was seven? Boo, right? Oh, Boo Smith? Yeah, I'm okay. pretty sure. 31, yeah. I, but maybe, but either way, it was early on in the game, you score a touchdown there. You know, oh, games yeah. like, I'm not sure it, it would have made a difference on the outcome. I think it does. I, I'm not to say they win, but I don't think the game script well, immediately yeah. changes. Big it's just, time. Um uh, but, but I mean, how much wide receiver separation do we see throughout the year against None. non central Michigan, SEMO, Vanderbilt, North Texas. Okay. Yeah. We, I mean, that's the thing about this. Uh, the D improved enough, uh, from the halfway point to think there could be further improvement. If Wilkes is retained after the UT debacle, it felt like the scheme had people in places to make plays. They could improve quite a bit next year and have a similar record, but I'm bullish that year four and five could be special years. And if he's 24 and 24 or worse after four years and just can't beat the big boys, at least the probable talent on the roster will make the job more appealing than it's ever been in modern times. I am so grateful for this gentleman having this kind of exchange because I would imagine hardcore Missouri fans who are listening to that are going, yes, thank you for saying what we think. And non-hardcore Missouri fans are going, what in the fuck is he seeing? <laughs> yeah. And that is, that is what I'm talking about when I talk about Missouri football and this Drinkwitz thing. I have zero idea how he could write that at this moment. 
after after what we saw. Uh-huh. But if you are in the Power Mizzou or Tiger Border and your group of Missouri friends text chain, and that's all you hear, you know, it's like getting Cletus's opinion on politics. Yeah. Like that's now you've got now yeah, you've got your bubble. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, so that's so that's that's where we are. I want Missouri to be successful. It's like kind of the last thing for me. It was United States winning a World Cup and mm-hmm. Missouri football winning a national championship. I don't really know how likely either of them ever are to happen. But, that, I mean, I've seen the Cardinals win a World Series and the Blues win a Stanley Cup. So at this point, those are my those yeah. are my holy grails. But I am not in that thing where if Missouri, some fans will be criticized and then fuck you. You're not allowed to criticize it kind of a thing. It's a, it's, it's, that's always been a weird thing. And somehow, even though I went to Missouri and I live and die with Missouri football, but it used to be basketball, um, and I hope someday I do live and die with Missouri basketball again. Um, it, 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 I have at times been considered the, uh, the enemy of the, uh, the, you know, because I'm not saying some of the things that are inside the bubble. Yeah. I don't see what this gentleman saw. I don't see the majority of the things this gentleman saw, but I'll tell you this. I hope he's right. Yeah. I hope he's right. Yeah. I have no idea what he saw that makes him think this. And I suppose I would ask this question, kind of like I posed the question regarding Rams relocation and the lawsuit. If Bazelak's pass to Daniel Parker Jr. isn't complete, mm. does he write all of that? Yeah, that's, damn, that's a good question. Well, yeah, play out the hand so you've lost the last two games of the year as opposed to go one and one and don't get the win against the brand name. And he went for two when people could Monday morning quarterback. I, I, and I got to tell you something. I get I get why people were on Brian Harson for not going for two against Alabama. They're the better team. They have the momentum. You take your shot here because you keep playing this shit out. It's you're not going to win fifty one percent of the time. I have no idea why Eli Drinkwitz went for two. I know I it worked. I didn't like it in the time. I have either. no idea why he went for two. I didn't because like it. they were the better team. Yeah. They were better than and Florida. Beatty was breaking through. He scored in two plays. Yeah, I have no idea what that was about. Yeah, but here's the thing: I would have been, I would have been the contrarian on. Well, I was, I was off last week, but I would have been the contrarian. I would have been going, yeah, I don't know why you went for two, but just because they lost the game, it doesn't mean that this thing is all for naught. No, just like because they won the game, it doesn't mean that this thing is fixed. I, I've seen eleven games at this point. One play does not change where a program is because a program is a process. A program is years. Gary Pinkle used two P words over and over and over again. Pliers, pliers, you would always say pliers, and program. And it was the first time I ever heard a Missouri football coach talk about program. But he would always talk about the program because there was a plan. I guess he learned that from Don James. That was a guy he always talked about, his guy at Washington. And... It's a process. Yeah. And Eli Drinkwitz, and from my standpoint, every head coach, deserves a chance to instill his program. But I have no idea what somebody saw on the football field this year after 12 games that makes you go, yeah, this is moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Who was the best player? Tyler Beatty. Where is Tyler Beatty next year? In the NFL. Who's the quarterback? Nobody knows. No this knows. gentleman says the talent they have, the young talent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why weren't they playing? I realized that nobody has an answer to that question. And the offensive line was getting broken down by Arkansas with a three-man rush. The wide receivers, contrary to what this gentleman saw, 
And again, he hand, I mean, I'm saying all of this respectfully because he handled himself respectfully. But I didn't see wide receiver separation shit. If that's one of the things I saw Gabe write about more than anything. So these wide receivers it was disappointing to not see these guys emerge. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of wide receiver separation. There certainly was on Friday at Fayetteville for one play, and it was just horribly missed. But there wasn't. So I, I to me, it's, it's an absolute incomplete because it's not like Gary Pinkle was killing it after two years. But the enthusiasm and the get-out-of-jail-free cards that Eli Drinkwitz has gotten with this portion of the Missouri fan base is beyond me. And I guess if I had to, like, okay, we're playing Family Feud. Why is Eli Drinkwitz beloved by the hardcore Missouri fans? Hit the buzzer. Recruiting. Recruiting. Number one answer. No question about it. Hit the buzzer. Beating LSU. Beating LSU number two. And then I then I don't know what I have I, social media the bat Passion. signal it's the pat is that remember that video that came out when they got that recruit and he was going bananas in that yellow sweater they put it on Twitter and everyone everyone in Missouri land retweeted talking about Burden no it wasn't Burden it was before he even coached his first game uh, and they got this recruit and there's a video of him going bananas after they got this recruit it, might, it was Ennis Rakestraw is who it was and he was going bananas uh, for getting. And, and I think what that is, is it's refreshing to Missouri fans who felt like Odom didn't display any passion. Yeah. And Pinkle didn't display any passion. And I know in talking with Gabe, and I'll keep these conversations, you know, between me and Gabe, because that's where, but he does say that it's nice to have somebody who will say anything, yeah. you know, even if, you know, because I know Gabe was publicly, <laughs> I don't know what the right word would be when Drinkwitz went on a Jacksonville radio station uh, and, and talked about Dan Mullen after he beat him in the Darth Vader thing. You reap what you sow, you mm -hmm. know, and, you know, if you reap kindness or what, if you sow kindness, you reap kindness. And if you sow jackass or reap jackass, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, that's basically it. It's like, okay, that's great. If you're Steve Spurrier and you've won, who have you beaten? I mean, you're, you have this, you know, and that's what and Gabe was talking about going into the Georgia game. It's like, yeah, Missouri, the number's right about right. The issue is Kirby Smart might put a couple more on because it's Eli Drinkwitz. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, if you're cocky and you're doing stuff, God bless. Yeah. But what have you done? Yeah. And I'm not talking about recruiting. It's when it's when it's all said and done, it's wins and losses, right or wrong. And he beat Florida. But it's a shitty Florida team. Yep. I mean, that's a team that gave up 50 points to Samford the week before. And listen, this is bad business for me because I'm a Missouri guy and it's not going to play well, mm -mm. but I got to be honest with what I see. But I also want to make this clear. It doesn't mean I don't think it's going to work. What I'm confused by is essentially this gentleman here helped me out because he laid out why I think why a lot of people are bullish and it's great. And I hope they're right. I have been the one that I can specifically think of where I was wrong on with regards to Missouri athletics was I remember tweeting out the day Mike Anderson left saying, this will go down as a great day in Missouri basketball history. It will be good for the program. And, you know, I mean, I think most Missouri fans, if they could trade the last 10 years, uh, I think they'd be happy to do so. Maybe I'm off on that. Maybe you hold, you know, near and dear something, but I mean, you know, Frank Haith, Kim Anderson, Conzo Martin, yeah, definitely. No, no, nothing, there's no substance there outside of the one year. So I, you know, I've been, my point is I've, it's not like it's just because my opinion doesn't mean that I'm right. And I'm saying that people are wrong. What I'm saying is 
this reminds me of the Sam Bradford thing. This reminds me of religion. We're both looking at the same set of data and I'm, this is where I am. But if you see it that way, that's great. And by the way, just like with religion, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I hope there is a God. I hope there's afterlife. I absolutely do. But I can't sit here and tell you I do because I'm not running for office. So it doesn't really matter. This is what I think. Yeah. This is what I think. But don't get mad at me because I don't share your religion. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's where we are. But I want Eli Drinkwitz to succeed. Mm -hmm. I just haven't seen anything through. There hasn't been a game where I go, holy shit. Look at Missouri against this quality team. Not one. There have been 22. There hasn't been one. There have been a lot against shitty teams where I go, oh, my fucking God. Are they going to lose to Vanderbilt? Yeah, exactly. You know? There's much more of that than right. are they going to beat this right. good team. I mean, we're 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 doing the Darth Vader thing and doing Jackson Vanillaries, reaping and sowing jackasses. You you beat a, yeah. I you mean, didn't beat an eight and two Florida team. No, you beat a guy who is you're losing to you is so bad that he got fired. Yeah, I just and listen if it, it, it's it like Spurrier Spurrier because Spurrier won. Yep. Kiffin Kiffins because Kiffin wins. Yep. I just, I, I just, like, it's like you want to be like, you've seen the playbook with those guys and so many, but the one, the most important play is to win the games. Yep. And eking out an overtime win against a team that had to come back to beat Samford and has just fired their coach is not when you start peacocking around. If you would have beaten Arkansas, would have gone, holy shit, didn't see that coming. It's not like Arkansas is the second coming, but shit, Arkansas is a good football team. Certainly, yeah. But it played out exactly how I thought it was would play out. Yep. The only thing that fucked it up for me is the spread was too damn high. It yep. started out at 16 and a half, and I'm going, oh, God. Yeah, that's. My I mind. thought it would be like at ten or eleven. I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna. Yeah. This yeah, is gonna be feast on this thing, right? Because I he's I, once I'm like, okay, starting Basilek, they're not gonna be able to throw the ball. No. And this, you know, I mean, you, you know, I, I would have never thought Tyler Beatty could run forty-one times for two hundred plus yards, but then at the same time, I never thought a college quarterback would stay in for most of the game and throw for 65 yards 65 yards and the f that makes Beatty's 200 even more because yeah. you know what they're doing and they couldn't stop it yeah exactly so that is where I am it's like I want to reiterate my thing on the Rams lawsuit thing I want it to go to trial I don't think it will I want to get an NFL team I don't think we're going to I want the settlement to be a few billion dollars I don't think it will so to be clear I want Eli Drinkwitz to succeed I just haven't seen anything yet that tells me that that is going to happen and then taking it down a road a step further to open up the season with four of the six games being at K-State, at Auburn, at home against Georgia, and at Florida. If he is 3-3, three and three, that will be an accomplishment. The other two being at Middle Tennessee State and at home against Abilene Christian. Yep. My expectation at this moment, it's 2-4. and four. He's three and three. It's great. Will three and three be good enough for Missouri fans? You know, because that, that's, that's where it is. And so then that, that's how people, and, and I don't think it's the right thing to do is to calculate a team's, you know, to go, well, six wins, seven wins. Well, it depends on, they're a six-win team this year. Arkansas, what's Arkansas's record? Are they seven and five or eight and four? They're now eight and four. Their schedule was ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Their schedule was ridiculous. Going into the year, a lot of thought was Arkansas might be one of the best teams, most improved teams in the SEC, but they have such a tough schedule, they might wind up with a six and six record. Yep. Well, Missouri got f fucking six wins against 
dog shit teams. Dog shit. And I mean, <laughs> so I can't, I can't, I can't spin that. And I'm a Missouri fan. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a different thing if I'm going, oh, fuck, Missouri fans drive you up the wall and I think they suck, but I got to talk about them because I'm in St. Louis. I am a Missouri fan. So I got to be, I got to, I feel obligated to hosting a show to be honest with people, even though I know it's not going to be popular. And I just, I have no idea what on the field we have seen in the 22 games Eli Drinkwitz has coached where you go, yes, look at what they did in this game, the entirety of this game where you, I just, I have no idea. You had a goal line stand against Florida, uh, against LSU, LSU. And you had the two-point conversion against Florida, which I think was a mistake to do, <laughs> not because because I think they were the better team. Yeah, you just didn't I, need to do it. Yeah. Auburn needed to do it on Saturday because they weren't the better team and they had no momentum. Yeah. Missouri was moving the football and shoving it down their throats. Dan Mullen was scared. He sat on the football the minute 10 left. That's probably what got him fired more than yeah. losing <laughs> to Missouri. The fans in Gainesville and all over Florida are going, oh, my God. You got the ball back with a minute four left, and you're going to sit on it against. I don't actually don't think he was. I think he was trying to run a trick run play, and the guy <laughs> slipped. But it, then, it, then he's like, "Fuck this! We're just going to get out of here and get yeah. to overtime." Yeah. But God, if I could have bet it, I just didn't want to bet it from an emotional standpoint. I would have bet Missouri all day going into overtime. Mm-hmm. So you, that's why you just, I just don't get the two point conversion. But it worked out. But that's why I want to play this out. What if it? Bazelak was nearly sacked. That's what, yeah. He's the, almost on his ass. Right. The ball is just in the air. Yeah. It could have been picked off. Yep. And what happens then? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So the judgment of a program can't be what happens in five seconds. Yeah. It needs to be in three or four years. And that is a process. And that is how a team competes game in and game out, not play in and play out. And by that, I mean one play should not be the referendum on a coach. That's what I am saying. And... I feel like Eli Drinkwitz, I would I would have been higher on Eli Drinkwitz right now than most Missouri hardcore fans if Connor Bazelak doesn't complete the pass to Daniel Parker Jr. That's my point. That's my point. And I think that that is wrong. Just like I think I am lower on Eli Drinkwitz than most hardcore Missouri fans right now, but that's because they beat Florida and they're bowl eligible. And I think also people want to see something that they deep down know isn't necessarily there yet, but maybe it will be there. Yeah. I just, at this moment I go, well, I don't know really how they were going to score this year without Tyler Beatty. And now they got to score without Tyler Beatty at Kansas state at Auburn at home against Georgia and at Florida. Yeah. And that's not to, you know, then you have whatever Tennessee, Kentucky and South Carolina are bringing to the table. Yeah. And South Carolina might not be that great, but you got to go and play them in at, Columbia, in Columbia which yeah. is always a great atmosphere, despite them most of the time not being great. Yeah. Same thing with Florida. We don't know what Florida is going to look like, but you got to go to the swamp. You got to go to the swamp. You got Tennessee here, uh, uh, or Tennessee there, yeah, but you got Kentucky here. Yeah. So, yeah. and you got Arkansas here. My point being, six and six would probably be an accomplishment yeah. with yeah. that schedule. Yeah. And then, but I think, people, but that's a program. That's part of a program. Yeah. So I don't want to see people wanting to fire him now. If, if, but if you don't see prog, you have to see progress next year. Yeah. But the progress to me is not necessarily as much about the record. If you're building a program and you're rebuilding, you know, now it's about the record. If you're Ohio state, uh-huh. it's about the record. If you're Georgia, you're Alabama, but in Missouri situation, and that's why, you know, it's, how did they compete against? Because they competed against Kentucky in the second half. They made adjustments. That was great to see. They didn't compete against Tennessee. No. They didn't compete against Texas A&M. No, no. And somehow 43-6 to six has been like rationalized into being, that wasn't too bad. <laughs> what the 
is that where it is now? That yeah. it's forty three to six, and that like that's you know in some places being like that was kind of you know the turning point. The turning point. The turning point was the fact that they had Vanderbilt and South Carolina and Florida scheduled. Yep. That was the turning point. Now, otherwise, we're talking about or if they don't schedule, you know, Arkansas played Texas in one of their non conference games. Mizzou, Mizzou played North Texas. Right. You know, there's the difference, and also I think the perception maybe next year might be a little skewed this time next year because the back half of the schedule is considerably easier. Well, it's because it's so tough on the front end, but then you look at it and you go, well, shit, the back end includes Tennessee, Arkansas, and Kentucky. Yeah. And then, again, a trip to South Carolina, and, you know, here's a team in Auburn that lost in Columbia, South Carolina, and was a second away from beating, be- beating Alabama, yeah. which tells you about playing at Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah. So Yeah, that's a good point. You know, so that's, you know, that's when there are fans there, that's a different animal. Yes, the first half of the schedule is brutal. Ideally, they somehow go three and three. Luther Burden has people fired up. People are showing up. They're, you know, what, I guess, realistically, three and two, I guess, is what it would be going into Georgia. Mm -hmm. And it's not an 11 a.m. start, and you have a packed building, and they play damn well against Georgia. Then, and Georgia isn't. Then then you got something. Even in a loss. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. When they've played just even good competition. They get smoked. Well, I mean, the Kentucky second half is the one I'll hold on to. Yeah. But Boston College wasn't terrible either. Boston College isn't a great team. <laughs> no, no, not a great team. But they were better than South Carolina and... Sure, I agree with that. South Carolina and uh, Vanderbilt. But so it's, it's, it's a discussion that really is. This is targeted, but it's more... It's 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 because it enamors me. It's because uh-huh. I'm confused by it. And, and, it, and it, I take it back to the Bradford thing. And that I think people look at it and go, even though it's a subconscious thing, go, God, I hope that this guy is the guy because if he's not, then we're fucked. We're fucked. Yeah. And I think, so that's why I think it's like, don't tell me it's not what I hope it is. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. You know, we can shit on Wilkes. Well, who made the hire? Drinkwitz. Okay, but fine. Fuck it, you know. <laughs> yeah. but, but now, okay, look at Wilkes and look what the defense is. Well, then Eli Drinkwitz deserves credit for the hire. He does. It, it cuts yeah. both ways. You can't, you know, so I mean, that's, that's, I feel like I, I have to be pointing some of these things out now. You want to shit on Drinkwitz for hiring Wilkes or you just want to hi- shit on Wilkes? Well, I mean, look what's happened. At the same time, I would have to point out who has it happened against. You know, mm-hmm. it's the same reason they got wins. Yeah. It's Vanderbilt. It's South Carolina. It's Florida. And it's not like the defense shut down Arkansas. But to their credit, Arkansas only scored 10 points at the half. Yep. So with all of that said, uh, I hope that clarifies, even though I know I'm, I've become the enemy by saying this stuff, just because it's a, it's an unpopular position right now amongst hardcore Missouri fans. I want it to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's not going to work. I'm just surprised by how there is this coronation of sorts that inevitably this thing is on the right track that maybe it maybe it is but i don't know what you have seen on the field that makes you think that unless you're just basing it on recruiting rankings and if that's the case that's great but guess what missouri's not the only school in the sec that has good recruiting classes no and it's only gonna i mean it's only gonna get better as the sec expands right so i just you know i i don't know i don't know i don't know I hear you. And, and with recruiting, too. Shit, I mean, you never know. You never know. A four-star could end up being bad, and a two-star can end up being an All-American. And with injuries, I mean, who knows? And then that's another thing. I take that into account. Yeah. I think you have to take that into account. That is a real thing. I mean, 
I, Connor Bazelak of 2020. Not the same. Is a different guy than we saw in 2021. Got to take that into account. And the, the thing that scares the shit out of me is that they couldn't go to somebody else. Yeah, exactly. For, but maybe there was a reason. Maybe there's some meta play on it. Kind of going, okay, we're not going to win anyway, so fine. I think you had a big tell going into the Kentucky game. Remember that? There was some quote, and I'm just like, God, does he not think that they can compete with Kentucky? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He Remember says, that? well, our program isn't ready. Like, they're like essentially saying we're not ready for this. And I'm like, okay, is he doing the Lou Holtz thing? I thought or yeah, is he was he, hedging. Or is he, is he just being transparent? Yeah. You know, and I uh, think the broadcast on Friday, uh, I think Rick Neuheisel said, you know, I was talking with Eli Drake, or maybe it was Aaron Murray saying, I was talking with Eli Drake before the game, and he was talking how he's concerned about the running backs for Arkansas. So, you know, I think he's just saying what he thinks. Yeah. And it'll and maybe it'll get there. You know, it didn't it didn't get there with Pinkle for a while. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that I'm saying. You don't want to be Knoxville, Tennessee. You don't want to have a turnstile. No, because it doesn't it promotes it doesn't promote good. promotes instability. And then if you're a coaching prospect, you go, I can't go there. Exactly. I only got a couple of years. Exactly. And that's not the way that it works. So I want it to work. I want him to have at the very least four years. Now if they go, you know, two and ten, different conversation. Yeah but within the realm of reason. And it's going to be tough next year. They win seven games next year. That's an accomplishment. Then then you can then the hype is warranted. With with, with that schedule. See, that's the thing. It's with the schedule. Uh -huh. That's 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 yeah. where I'm coming from. Jackson, can you tell us about the great Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies? Would love to. Thank Mark you. is the best. Mark is just simple. Mark's the best. Because he not only cares about you personally, he cares about your financial situation, what your goals are, and from there, what he's going to do is he's going to help you plan the right way. And the right way is educating you on the plan. It's not just saying, hey, I know you're in this situation. I know these are your goals. Here's what we're going to do for you. Sign here. That's that. Not what he's going to do. He's going to educate you on why it's good for you. And he's going to show you some other options too. And he's going to educate you on why those could be good for you too. And from there, it's your decision. And Mark will help you out from there. Prod Joe mentioned last week on the pick six. Out of nowhere, Prod Joe. Every six months, maybe a year, Mark Hanna will check in with you, see how you're doing, see if anything's changed, update you on things. But he's not going to hound you with constant calls or texts or emails. That's not what Mark does. He's very educative, kind of hands off. But when you need him, he'll be there for you because he loves helping people out. And every time you get off a phone call with Mark Hanna, you feel better about yourself, not only about your financial situation, but just as a person, because Mark is such a genuine good guy. So I suggest calling Mark Hanna as soon as possible. If you don't have a plan, that's a bad plan. A good plan is calling Mark Hanna and he'll set you straight. And if you already have someone, I suggest making the switch because Mark is truly that good. There he is. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com and Design Air Heating and Cooling. Online at designairservice.com. Need to get your furnace checked? Get it checked at Design Air Heating and Cooling. Online at designairservice.com. That's Seth Goldcamp at Design Air Heating and Cooling. Go online right now and you can click on the Book Now tab and get it taken care of. Design Air Heating and Cooling, the official HVAC provider of the Ryan Kelly Morning After and the Tim McKernan Show podcast. All right, time for us to shut it down. You're always welcome to send in your questions, your comments, your erotic stories. Maybe you're a Missouri fan and you want to fucking come after me because mm, mm. of my opinions on the football. That's fine. Now, I like the way the gentleman handled He's a gentleman, and he presented wonderful points, and I hope that gentleman is right. Uh, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. But if you want to get into personal insults, uh, what can we go with? We have height. That's mm. a problem. 
Uh, male pattern baldness, that's something we share here, yep. although you're you're in a better spot than me. But, but I'll can, get there. You, 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 I'll get there. <laughs> Uh, I've got this asymmetrical thing, the left side of my head. It's a whole thing. The right side, I think, is the right. But something happened on my way out. Yeah. Uh, just a real, real disaster. Uh, so, yeah. So, there, those are some things for you to work with. Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Uh, otherwise, season's greetings. This has been the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.